You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 95. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for listening to another episode of How Does She Do It? My name is Tiffany and I am your host. And through this podcast and my coaching, I help you own your story, live fueled by faith, and elevate your impact in your career and in your calling. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you have been listening for a long time, welcome back. We are happy to have you. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. If you want to connect with me on social, I am at Tiff South. That's Tiff with two Fs. And you can connect with the show's account at HowDoes underscore SheDoIt. If you are feeling stuck in your career or unsure about what move you need to make next, or if you feel like you're unfulfilled and you know that there's more you could be doing with your gifts and with your purpose that God has called you to, I encourage you to schedule a short call with me. In a 10-minute call, we can figure out where you are right now, where you want to be, and how we may be able to work together to move you forward. If you go to bit.ly slash 10tiff, again, that's bit.ly slash the number 10, T-I-F-F, then you will be able to schedule a short call with me and we can figure out where you are right now and make sure that you can build up your faith and your confidence to get you to the next step. I look forward to talking to you soon. Just My Thoughts is the segment of the show where I share reviews, recommendations, or rejections. And this week I am recommending getting real rest. I was sick a few, like less than two weeks ago with the flu and ooh, it took me out. (laughs) It took me out something serious. And it really made me realize that number one, I needed to slow down and what my idea of rest was and what actually getting rest was were not the same thing, especially when it comes to giving your body time to like actually heal from an illness. So Take time to get rest. Take care of yourself. It's wintertime as of this recording, at least in the portion of the United States that I live in. And so, you know, we have a tendency to try and push through seasons or situations or just trying to get to done for whatever it is that we're working on. And sometimes our body is trying to tell us that we can't just go at it with no breaks. We can't just go at it without taking care of our nutrition, our hydration, and getting for real rest. So I have been trying to implement an earlier bedtime for myself and all kinds of things so that I can sustain my health between now and knock on wood the next time that my body tries to get me sick. So um, yeah, that's what I'm recommending, rest. And that concludes this week's Just My Thoughts. So last week in episode 94, we talked about the importance of having really meaningful professional relationships and what that can mean for moving your career forward. And this week, like I mentioned last week, we're going to be talking about the what. So what types of professional relationships do you need to have in order to move your career forward and really just begin to 
have a holistic, fulfilling career. And I am a firm believer that nothing we do in on this earth is something is, is supposed to be in isolation. And that includes the way that we show up and experience the work that we do every single day. Now, there are lots of very real barriers that can make it difficult, especially as women of color. And if you're working in a predominantly white male environment that can make developing those meaningful relationships challenging. The fact that it's challenging though, does not absolve your responsibility and the benefit of having these meaningful relationships. And so I wanted to talk about the four types of relationships that you need and that you need to have these kinds of people in your circle in order to help have a fulfilling help you have a fulfilling career and really to help you propel your career growth forward. And the first relationship, and I want you to think about this almost like a pyramid. The first relationship, and this is the bottom, and I say it's on the bottom not because of it's not in its lack of importance, but because this is where you'll probably have the most of these relationships. And these are your peer relationships. These are the people who are on your same level in some way. So for example, I have a colleague of mine who is, and actually she's more than a colleague, she's a friend, and we worked together during our very first, um, before we even got hired to work as attorneys at a law firm, and we, she is older than me, but we were on the same level professionally when it came to starting our careers as attorneys. And we were both able to learn and grow and develop together in, in our career. And, you know, she's gone off and done is, is doing some amazing things as she continues to practice. My career took a different direction, but I still consider her a peer and a friend in a lot of different respects. And so when you have those types of relationships, these are people that you can vent to. These are people that you can go, go to day to day to kind of talk through some of the frustrations that you have, some of the things that you're really excited about that might not make sense to run to a supervisor or a, you know, or a mentor for. These people could be your current coworkers. They could be your people from in from other places where you worked in the past. They might be industry colleagues. So they might not always be friends, but sometimes these people end up becoming your friends in this peer level of friend, of relationships that you have. They're people that you serve alongside for different organizations that you're a part of. And again, the reason why these relationships are so crucial is because they help you not feel like you're alone as you go through the, the challenges of the work that you're doing, but they also just give you, think about the benefit of having friendships in your life. Think about the benefits of the people that you can go to just to say, hey, how's it going? That you can just sit down in their office or call on the phone and just talk about life generally as you're doing life. That's the value of these peer relationships. And sometimes again, the, the environments that we work in may not feel as though we can develop these types of relationships. And I know there are things that I wish I would have done differently and sometimes still wish I would do differently when it comes to develop rela developing relationships with people who don't necessarily look like me, so people who are not women of color per se. But I think over time, as I've gotten more comfortable with myself as a professional, those developing those types of peer relationships and peer friendships can and has become easier. And the more active and involved that you get, the more exposure you get to a wider group of people that can become a part of this peer level of relationships that you have. So again, this is kind of the foundational, if you're looking at this as a, as a pyramid, this is the foundational relationships uh, for your career development. 
The second type of relationship that you want to make sure that you have are mentors. And mentoring is something that, similar to networking, has become this feels like a really daunting thing, right? It feels like, oh, how am I going to get somebody to become my mentor? And the way that I think about mentoring, I think that most and the most successful mentoring relationships happen organically. They're not a part of some mandatory or formalized program, but they happen organically because as with any relationship that develops organically, there becomes a mutual commitment and a mutual investment that both people have in each other that makes the relationship develop and blossom. And mentoring relationships are no different. Sometimes, you know, we are part of different programs that pair us up with certain professionals and those relationships end up working out well. But research has shown that those kind of, you know, mandated or quote unquote forced mentor pairings don't often last because there was not a, a, a desired investment in these people. They were just paired up together and kind of told you have to invest in each other as opposed to we both actually chose and picked each other. So I would say that um, when you think about mentoring, when you think about mentors, don't think of somebody that you have to go up to them and say, hi, Miss Jones, will you be my mentor? Think about the people in your life. Think about the people in your career that you have naturally developed relationships with over time. And you may not have always framed that person as a mentor in your mind, but chances are they serve as a mentor for you in different ways. And when I think about what the roles that a mentor serves, they are people who help you navigate particular junctures in your career. There are people who have more career wisdom than you in a certain area or certain expertise. So they have some more experience and they can offer you perspective. They may have more institutional knowledge than you do about the current organization that you're a part of. And so by virtue of you connecting with the with this person, you are now developing and benefiting from their wisdom and from their experience because you're going to them with a certain set of difficulties or with a certain set of challenges or with a certain set of objectives. And they're giving you their feedback, they're giving you your perspective, their perspective, and that person is someone who helps guide you along the way. And these people can be internal inside of your company, they can be external outside of your company. And I can say that over the course of my career, I have developed uh, a good amount of mentoring relationships with people who, if I would have thought, you know, 15 years ago, and I can't believe I can say, I can think back 15 years and it be, you know, um, somewhat in my adult life. When I think about um, people who I would have expected to be my mentors at this point in my life, they are not necessarily people who I would have picked or thought that I would have developed relationships with. Why? Because in my mind, and I'll just, just be very frank, a lot of my mentors are white women. And I did not expect when I was going to, as a freshman at Cornell, that I would end up developing these very meaningful and beneficial and mutually beneficial relationships with women who did not look like me because of my assumption that, oh, because they don't look like me, they don't have anything in common with me. They're not going to want to be, to invest in me. And therefore I should not, um, I, I should not try to seek them out and develop a relationship with them. And I think that that's something that when you're a woman of color working in, again, if you're working in a predominantly white male corporate environment, it is often difficult 
to think of people who don't look like you, or there's hesitation to develop those types of mentoring relationships. When in reality, there may not, the, the existence of these barriers may not be as, as insurmountable as they feel. Not to say that some of these relationship barriers don't exist. It's not to say that people who look like you or don't look like you will want to invest in you. There are a lot of different, obviously a lot of different nuances and, and factors that go into that. But if you think about the people who you've connected with, the people who you want to connect with, you would be surprised that there may be more people who want to invest in you than you think. And so I would say to, to, in order to think about some of your mentoring relationships and developing them in the future, think outside of the box. It is important. I, I believe it's absolutely important to have mentors who look like you, but do not limit your relationship building to only those people who look like you. Similar Similarly, you should do the same thing when you're thinking about your peer relationships. Don't only try to gravitate to people who look like you because, again, in a lot of these environments, you might be the only one. And so if you are the only one and all and you're only looking for people that look like you, you will be helping to perpetuate the isolation that the environment already has. And I want to encourage you to remember whose you are, right? When you think about your identity in Christ— when you think about who you are as a daughter of God, when you think about who you are as a joint heir with the with the the King of Kings, you the barriers that keep you from feeling confident, the barriers that keep you from believing that you have what it takes for people to want to invest in you, you have to work past those things. And again, this is not to minimize the amount of very real challenges that we face inside of these corporate environments, inside of these environments that are that have been systematically designed to benefit a particular type of person and often intentionally subjugate others. But we have, you wouldn't be in the environment if you didn't deserve to be there. You are more than capable of being successful where you are. And sometimes we have to do additional legwork to help people to see us. That's not a comfortable reality to accept. It's not a comfortable place to be in. But when you make yourself visible, people can't help but see you. And they might try not to see you, but when your work is excellent, when you when all your T's are crossed and all your, die, your I's are dotted, when you are are personable and confident and you are just being yourself and being whole in the environment, of course there will be things that they want to reject about you. Of course there will, there will be things about you that make you uncomfortable. But when you're good, you can't be denied. When you are good, you can't be denied. And, and if that environment tries to deny you, that ain't the environment for you because there are places that will celebrate you. That just went off on a different tangent than I expected. But I really want us to as women of color to remember we are like <laughs> black girl magic is a real thing. Like women of color are phenomenal people. People are phenomenal people, right? But the, you think about the types of things that we have had to overcome in this country. Think about the, the things that you have overcome in your own life specifically that have gotten you to where you are today. Whether you're 22, whether you're 52, whether you're 32, 42, 62 listening to this podcast, think about the obstacles that you have overcome in your life. What then can a supervisor do that's gonna keep you from being great when your victory has already been won in the name of Jesus? 
That's a legitimate question. What can a supervisor or a caddy coworker or a you know, division head who doesn't want to see you be great, can they keep you from being great? In that environment, maybe. So what do you do? You fortify yourself and prepare yourself to get out of the place that's keeping you down and go to a place where you'll be celebrated. So again, I want you to hear me. I am not diminishing the very practical day-to-day challenges that keep us from being, that sometimes fall upon us where people intentionally try to keep us from being successful where we are. So that means we get away from that environment. That means we dial into who God has designed us to to be. That means we get our resumes together. That means we build these relationships and tap into these relationships that we're talking about. And we get ourselves into places that are going to make us feel and be and, and, and allow us to be and shine the way that we were meant to shine. So mentors, that's the second type of relationship that you need to have in your, in your professional career and your, in your growth path. The third types of relationships that I think you should have are coach relationships and or advisors. Now, coaches are, the phrase coach, I am a career coach, right? Coaching has become somewhat more of a popular phrase in the last two years or so. But, and a lot of people, there are a lot of people who use coach coaching loosely who don't do what traditional coaching is that said there are a lot of very qualified professionals who are suited to help you in a traditional coaching way get you through specific challenges that you're dealing with or have a longer term relationship that helps you just navigate and strategize about the way that you're moving through your life and develop different techniques to deal with certain obstacles or help you goal set or help you readjust, you know, a a path that you were on or help you deal with a specific issue that's right in front of your face or a specific opportunity that's right in front of your face. Getting coaching, I think, is something that a lot of people think that it's either not for them in the sense that, oh, it's it's for executives, it's for higher level people, oh, I can't afford coaching, or like all of these different barriers that keep people from believing that coaching is for them. That said, coaching is an opportunity for you to invest in yourself. And so having a coach, and it could be somebody internally at your company. Some companies have internal career development coaches. It might be somebody like me where you actually hire to work with them for a limited or an ongoing basis. It might be a coaching program that you decide decide to join, like Elevate Your Career Academy. Whatever the case may be, there will be times where it's going to be important and beneficial for you to invest very specifically in getting through a specific season in order to help your career along. And sometimes it's like your peers are not going to be able to provide the expertise that you're looking for. Your mentors not going to be able to provide the type of expertise and perspective that you're looking for. Whereas this coach is going to be someone who is intentionally invested in you in this particular moment in order to get you through the thing that you came to them about. And that's the benefit of having of having a coach because it's a different type of personal commitment from for yourself related to the thing that you're trying to get through. So I think everyone at some point should work with a coach. And again, coaching, and I'm not just talking about necessarily career coaching here. There are life coaches, there are health coaches, there are business coaches, all types of people who are committed. And this is going to require discernment on your part. This is going to require you looking and and finding out what is the fruit that this person has has helped reap in other people's lives. So I'm not just saying just join and pay your money to coaches who call themselves coaches. 
be discerning, you know, look for, ask for recommendations, all those kinds of things. But I think that I, I as, as a coach, every, I believe that, and I think most, most true coaches always believe that they should also have a coach. If not all the time, they definitely, it's, it's something that is a constant investment that they make in their time, their time. I've had several coaches over the last several years and currently work with people who are going to, who continue to help fine tune my skill sets, my goals, the strategies that I'm implementing in my life, the way that I talk about my business, the way that I think about my career development. And so I think that as as women of color, we are often always pouring into other people. We are often always investing in other people. How often do we actually take time and carve out time and money and resources to invest in ourselves? I want you to think about that. When is the last time that you actually spent you spent real money? I'm not talking about investing in your self-care to go get your nails done not talking about going to get your hair done like how when was the last time that you identified a need that you had and then went and specifically sought out someone who you could then invest in so that they could invest in you I think that that's something that we that we have to think about because a lot of the people that we admire, a lot of these women who we see on these stages and who are leading these companies and who are starting these organizations and doing the things that we admire, they invest in themselves in a variety of ways. And so I want you to know and to believe that you are worth investing in. You are worth your own time, money, and resource investment in yourself such that you see and your community sees and your work sees and your family sees the fruit of that investment as you begin to implement some of the things that you do and learn with that coach. So again, the so far we've talked about peers, we've talked about mentors, we've talked about coaches. The fourth and final person that we're going to talk about again, and this is not meant to be necessarily an exhaustive list of all the people that you could have and, and have in your professional circle, but when I think about the four most important in my perspective, based on my own career development and the people who I know who are successful in a variety of industries, they have these four, they have had these four types of relationships that have been significant. The last one, so actually let me, before I go to the last one, I'm going to do a quick review. Peers, mentors, coaches, and last but not least, sponsors and advocates. Sponsors are people with influence within your industry and or organization. That definition is not going to be in Webster's Dictionary. That is a definition that based on my experience, that a sponsor is someone who has influence. Now, a sponsor is not necessarily someone that you work with every single day. They're not necessarily someone who you work with directly or you report to directly but they are someone who is aware of who you are and your reputation. So that means that that sponsor is probably connected to people you work for directly or some of your mentors internally within your organization. And they know who you are and you have established yourself within your team, within your department, within your division as someone who has this reputation and that person who sits in a position that will help pick the types of projects that get divided out to certain people or who helps think about who gets appointed for certain internal leadership positions. Your sponsor is the kind of person who is going to help you, is going to help get you talked about in when those decisions are being made. So sponsors are decision makers, 
they are they have influence among decision makers and they're people that you can develop one-on-one relationships with but again they may not be people that you report to directly but they have the ear of the person who you report to directly and so you have to think about what does my reputation look like beyond just the team that I'm working on do people within my organization know who I am? Do they know what work I do? Do they know what my goals are? Do my mentors know what my goals are? Do my do leaders in the division know what my goals are? Because when conversations about that relate to opportunities related to your goal come up, if no one knows what your goal is, they're not going to be able to say, oh, well, did you think about Renee for that opportunity? Did you think about Jessica for that opportunity? Well, I heard that. I know that Tiffany is interested in doing something like this. Maybe we could think about her. That's how these conversations happen. And, and the only way that your name can be brought up in those circles is if your reputation is known and if your reputation is known amongst people who make decisions. And so then a sponsor is going to be somebody who may put forth their social capital to put your name in the hat for an opportunity. They're going to be someone who is behind the scenes and kind of maybe a little, is, is again, not as directly involved in your day-to-day -day work, but who know that you're worth putting their name down next to because you are you are who you say you are. And multiple people have confirmed and your work confirms you are who you say you are. And so when you think about having peer relationships that make you feel like you have a connection to someone when you go to work every day, when you think about having a mentor internally and externally, people who you've worked with in the past or people you currently work with who can help you think through some of the strategy related to the work that you do. When you think about having a coach who's someone who can help you get very clear about what your objectives are and then help you outline the very specific strategy to get you there. When you think about having the the awareness and the, the, the exposure to people who have influence in making decisions related to the type of work that you do uh, on, a, on a general basis, when you have that type of circle around you and you're intentional about moving your career forward, then your career will, will take shape in ways that you sometimes don't even plan for, but because you're just being who you are, showing up, doing your work well, and, and really making sure that you're getting the support that you're looking for, not waiting for people to want to come support you, but seeking out to both get the type of support that you're looking for and to be support for other people, right? Because relationships are not one directional because we all know that person who reaches out to us only when they want something. How do we respond to that person? When that person who is a peer in some ways, but they're not a peer that we want to invest in. They're not a peer that we want really connected to who, to who we are and the work that we do because they're not somebody who we have a mutual relationship with. And so that's not to say that you develop relationships with people only for the sake of what they can do for you. That's definitely not what you do. You develop relationships with people because you want to pour into other people in the way that you hope that somebody will pour into you when you need a question answered or when you want someone to to read over this article that you're about to publish on LinkedIn or, you know, all kinds of different things. So you develop those kinds of relationships and it just feels good when you're connected to people, right? We're not meant to be, to live and exist in isolation. We're meant to exist in community. And so sometimes we have to do some legwork to make 
to, to develop those relationships and to develop that community. And I'm not saying that you necessarily, that you become a person you're not comfortable being in order to develop relationships with people. I'm not telling you to compromise your values. I'm not telling you to be less authentic to who you are, but there's a game that gets played in these environments. There's a, and that's a, it's a whole different, a whole different conversation that, um, I will probably try and do an episode on on what authenticity means in the workplace and what that means for us to be able to show up as who we are. But a lot of this comes back to you having to do the work on you first. A lot of it comes back to you really getting clear about what it is that you want for yourself before you can then ask other people to join in on helping your career develop and move forward. So, um, that is episode 95. That is our conversation about what types of relationships you need to have in your professional growth and development so you can move your career forward. We are marching along in our relationship series. The next episode, episode 96, we will talk about how you build these relationships. What do you do? Now you know why these relationships are important. You know what types of relationships you need to have. Now we're going to talk about how you actually go about building these relationships. So I want to thank you for listening to episode 95 of How Does She Do It? If you've listened this far into the show, I'm going to say something that I haven't put anywhere else on social media. Elevate Your Career Academy is open for enrollment. Elevate Your Career Academy is open for enrollment. We are beginning our second cohort in March. If you're listening to this episode, the way that you can find yourself available to joining us in this second cohort is going to bit.ly slash the number 10 T-I-F-F. Again, bit.ly slash the number 10 T-I-F-F. So one zero T-I-F-F. And scheduling a call with me. Let's get you in this cohort of Elevate Your Career Academy. We already have some amazing women signed up to join us for the next program. And if you are listening at this point, I want you to make a note of that when you schedule your application to say that you heard about this in episode 95 so that I can know that you know. And again, thank you for listening this far into the episode. Continue to share, continue to rate and review in the Apple Podcast app, as well as on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.